Noah's window. This week, Mark and I are sharing some special spiritual treasures that our two of our parents left to us in particular. Um, Mark's dad and my mom both had huge spiritual impact on our lives, on both our lives. And so we want to just share some of those spiritual treasures with you as we're coming in. It's still March as I'm recording this, but as we're coming into April, <clears throat> we think of them a lot. Both of our, both his dad and my mom had birthdays in April. And um, it's just a time of year, I think, when we think about them with fond memories. And so just we just wanted to share some things with you. So Mark has already shared uh, some of the things about his dad, but um, I got introduced to his dad when I got introduced to him. I was uh, <clears throat> at the tender age of 14 and uh, had many occasions to hear from him. Um, uh, how can I describe? Um, at the time when I met Mark, both of my parents were working full time. My three older sisters had all moved away from home. Well, one, I think, was in college, but in any event, none of them were living at home. <clears throat> so um, I, I was actually at home alone a lot. Um, but when I met Mark... I got to go to his house because his mom was a stay-at-home mom and she was always there and his dad um, pastored a little church that didn't require him to be in an office on campus. So he did most of his ministry out of his home. So he was home a lot and they grew this huge garden out back and it was uh, it was like a little taste of country in the city. And they invited me over uh, a lot of days, not every day, but almost. And um, so I almost kind of became part of their household. I used to joke and said, if if something happened between Mark and I, I would ask his parents to adopt me because I just loved the atmosphere at their home. It was a wonderful place to be. So um, given that, he, he almost was like a second father to me even before Mark and I married. And and so um, there were many occasions, uh, for instance, when, when I was still in high school that I would miss my ride. <clears throat> if you know me very well, um, you might understand why that is. I'm not going to tell you, but... Um, but um, I would often call him and say, I missed my ride. Could you give me a ride to school? And he would oblige. But that short ride to school, which wasn't, but oh, I don't know, a couple miles away, <clears throat> would be filled with uh, gospel music and scripture. And so those would be occasions he never missed an occasion to share. Um, and, and also, as Mark mentioned, to pray. I don't know if Mark mentioned this in his talk too, but um, every day before school, there was prayer. And I, I found that to be um, important, an important example in my life. And then every night before bed, there was prayer. That was part of their world. So as you can imagine, it was a wonderful place to be. But as, as Grandpa would share with me, and of course, I, I'm, I'm giving you an example when I was a teenager, but later on, you know, uh, for many years of our married life, Mark and I only had one vehicle. So if he was uh, for a while, for instance, when Jonathan was a baby, um, and Mark was teaching school and I was at home at that time, if I needed to go take him to the doctor or if I needed to go do banking or whatever it was, Grandpa would be my ride and he would take me wherever I needed to go. So <clears throat> we had many occasions for him to share wisdom with me. And um, one of his favorite verses, which he was quick to share uh, many times, comes from the uh, book of uh, 1 Timothy, which is, um, which is understandable for several reasons. But one of them is Timothy is a letter that Paul the Apostle wrote to uh, a young pastor, a young man, much younger than Paul apparently. And he was, Paul was giving him instruction on, on um, pastoring and what that would require and, and how to do that well and what was important. So in this letter, and I hope you'll pull out your Bible and go read, there's two short, they're both short. First and Second Timothy. If you want to know what instructions are to pastors, this is a great place to go. So in the, in the book of 1 Timothy, in that first letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, and I'm jumping in, as you can imagine, chapter 6, a lot's already been said. 
but the, the verse that Grandpa would often quote, <clears throat> and of course I'm reading it in a more modern translation, but in First uh, Timothy 6, 6, uh, the Bible says, Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. So what Grandpa used to quote to me is, Godliness with contentment is great gain. So great wealth. Now, it's interesting. Um, it's a truth within itself for sure. But a couple of things I think are interesting is uh, if you back up in this chapter to the, the context of what's being said here, Paul is um, warning Timothy about false teachers. So let me back up and read a little more to you. If I, if I back up to, um, let's see, we're jumping in in verse, um, kind of in verse 2. Teach these things, Timothy, and encourage everyone to obey them. Some people may contradict our teaching, but these are the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. These teachings promote a godly life. Anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding. Such a person has an unhealthy desire to quibble over the meaning of words. This stirs up arguments ending in jealousy, division, slander, and evil suspicions. File that away if you're going to get some get into some serious studying of the Bible or if you listen to um, various teachers across the spectrum, um, people that claim to be Bible teachers, <clears throat> just keep in mind if, if what they're doing is um, an unhealthy argument over minutia, um, that might not be a good thing. Okay, verse 5, these people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt, and they have turned their backs on the truth. To them, a show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy. Okay, I don't want to camp there, but what I want to do to point out to you here is, going back to Grandpa. So godliness, I believe, was his goal in life, is he wanted to be godly. And I think that was a sincere goal of his life. It translated into his everyday actions. Was he perfect? No. But you couldn't be around him without knowing that his heart was to, to please God and to serve God. And he had a humility in that way. Um, and because I saw him, uh, well, actually, Mark and I lived with him for the first year of our marriage, so I've been around him a lot, and I, and I know what made him tick, and I'm just telling you he was the real deal. Then there's the contentment part. Um, you know, he was the oldest of nine, and um, many of his younger siblings achieved a level of wealth and success that many would have envied, but he did not. Um, he lived a very, they lived a very um, uh, frugal, we'll say, frugal life. But um, being frugal doesn't mean you're unhappy. Being frugal, if you're content. In fact, let's go on just a little bit. Let's see what it says after that. Um, True godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Hey, that's a pretty short list. You got clothes on your back? You got food to eat? Then you should be content. And anything after that is just icing on a cake. And if we have a spirit of gratitude, a heart of gratitude, and if we have that sense of uh, satisfaction with what God has given us, um, I think we're going to have a happy life. So I, I haven't lived, uh, I, I guess most would consider me, uh, um, let's say mature at this point. So I have seen a good bit of life. And the happiest people I have met in my lifetime were not the people who had a lot of stuff. And we're not the people who had a big bank account. It was the people who had uh, a contentment with God and lived a life uh, focused on Him and, and uh, content with, with His ways. 
and pleasing him. So I hope that will encourage you today. It's You don't have to have stuff to be, in fact, honestly, stuff can bring more uh, sorrow than happiness. And our, our world doesn't tell you that, but it's the truth. So the greatest happiness and satisfaction and contentment you will find in this world is uh, being content and being godly. Wanting to think like God thinks, wanting to honor what God honors, want to live our life according to what he recommends. That's where we're going to find a great wealth, that kind of wealth. Okay, I hope that encourages your heart today, wherever you are, uh, to have a spirit of gratitude and contentment and to be focused on uh, living a godly life. Not just because it's going to make a... Um, I think most people think of um, living in, in submission to a godly lifestyle as being some kind of a servant. But honestly, there's great joy in serving a God and aligning ourselves with a God who loves us and wants only the best for us and actually wants to bless us tremendously with blessings we haven't even thought of. These are blessings that aren't in any catalog. Um, anyway, okay. I'll, I'll try to bring us in for a landing here. I just hope that blesses your heart today. And we, we do miss Grandpa, and we miss um, his sweet spirit, the twinkle in his eye, um, and, and what a joy he brought uh, to our lives. And so we're so thankful. I know I'm thankful for his investment in me as a young person and throughout my life, always bringing a godly perspective to whatever life was uh, bringing our way. And we're thankful for that. I pray that's a blessing to you. Let's have a word of prayer before we go this morning. Oh, Father, we're so thankful for the godly heritage that we have. Thank you for providing so much for us and lavishing your blessings on us in your love for us and your wisdom, your guidance, your great provision for our needs. Thank you for all of that, Father. Thank you for the provision of seeing us through difficult days. Thank you for your great love that carries us through the deep valleys. And I pray for all those who are watching and listening today, whatever they're facing today, whatever they're experiencing today, I pray that you would keep their focus on you just like Noah was focused on you through that upper window. Help them to know and feel your presence. Help them to know and feel your love even today. I pray that you would intervene where there's difficulty, where there's um, uh, a decision to be made. Please give guidance. And Father, we just thank you for your faithfulness to us and your great love. And uh, we're just going to give you praise and glory for all the things that you're going to do even in our lives today. We thank you for that. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before we go today, and we have one more thing to talk about on Grandpa Tomorrow, but before we go today, if you have any feedback for us, we would love to hear from you. You can text TALK TO US to 97000. And I just wanted to give you this note as I was going through the notes last night. I found a note from a young woman in Indonesia. And I don't know where you might be listening from or watching from, but we're so thrilled that you're watching and listening, and we would love to hear from you. If you would just drop us a line and uh, uh, text talk to us in 97,000 just to give us feedback. Maybe there's something we can pray for you about. We'd love to hear from you. So thank you so much again for joining us, and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow on Noah's Window. God bless.